0: Alien Frequency is open, and welcome to Star Trek Discoverage, the live podcast that boldly goes into excruciating detail about this week's episode of Star Trek Picard. I'm your host, Aaron Coker, a.k.a. Caliban, and I'm continually awed by the therapeutic, therapeutic utility of a shared mythical framework, you know, like Harry Potter. Joining me on the show, as usual, is my co-host. She's also the co-host of the Generations Geek podcast, a more or less family-friendly celebration of geekdom. It's Ella Pearson. Ella, welcome back to Discoverage. Thank you. It's great to have you here. Ella, question for you. Yes. If I could transport you to the 25th century right now, where they Mm -hmm. they had space flight and aliens and holodecks, but everyone vapes, would you still want to go?
1: (laughs) Yes. I'm a college student. I already live there. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I guess that's probably true. Uh, all right. So, yeah, your campus, a lot like the campus of Starfleet uh, headquarters, it looks like. Yes. Um, <laughs> well, we've just seen the third episode of the new CBS All Excess Star Trek series, Star Trek Picard. It's an episode called The End is the Beginning. And before we start, and as always, we're setting a course for the Spoiler Zone listeners. So be warned. We're glad you've decided to join us. But if you haven't seen the episode, spoilers are incoming. The official synopsis for this episode, The End is the Beginning, is completely unaware of her special nature, Soji continues her work and captures the attention of the Borg Cube Research Project's executive director. After rehashing past events with a reluctant Raffi, Picard seeks others willing to join his search for Bruce Maddox, including pilot and former Starfleet officer Cristobal Rios. This episode was written by Michael Chabin and James Duff, who we've talked about previously uh, when talking about Picard. Chabin co-wrote the pilot and the last episode as well. Of course, he is the showrunner for Picard, and Duff also co-wrote the pilot, Remembrance. It was directed by Hanel M. Culpepper, and wait a tick, uh, I guess I haven't been keeping up with everything, but I could have sworn that she was going to do two, but she's done these first three now.
1: I have no idea. I mean, I'm liking her stuff. I have no idea how many supposed yeah, to do.
0: No, it's been, do them all. Yeah, it's been great. But, uh, my, my impression was there was 10 episodes and there would be, uh, you know, everybody was going to do two. So, like, for instance, mm-hmm. next week we've got Frakes and then mm-hmm. doing presumably a second one after that. But, yeah, like like you said, uh, the more the better. The start date for this episode is still unknown, though, like last week's episode, it takes place in both 2385 and 2399 And there's a few interesting aspects to this episode. Uh, The Vasquez Rocks appear in this episode, as they have in many Star Trek episodes, but the last few minutes of the last episode and, of course, this full episode are the first time that they appear as themselves. Uh, Their appearance raises a lot of questions about the National Park Service in the 24th century, in my opinion, if Raffi could just park her Airstream next to them, but whatever. (laughs) Uh, This episode is the first to address the varying appearances of Romulans across Trek series, uh, i.e. the reason that some of them look like Joanne Linville and some of them look like Carolyn Seymour. Uh, The Romulans with pronounced foreheads are referred to in this episode as Northern Romulans. And in this episode, Hugh claims the liberated Romulans that we see in the Reclamation Center are the only Romulans who have been assimilated by the Borg, but we know that that's not true. Chakotay meets a Romulan former Borg drone in the Voyager episode, Unity, Although that was in the Delta Quadrant, so maybe Hugh doesn't know about that. Ella, what did you think of the end as the beginning?
1: I really I really liked it. At the beginning I was feeling, I think, a little bit like meh. And <laughs> then I I was like at the I mean the first like two scenes. And then I was like, I think that me at least me, and probably at least a few other people are holding this show to like this standard and I don't even really know what standard I'm holding it to. Like, sure. cause it's like, Oh, it's Star Trek. It's Picard. And so I'm expecting <laughs> something, but I don't know what I'm expecting. Yeah. You know what I mean? So at yeah. first I was kind of like, eh, and then I was like, what am I even comparing this? There's, I, you know, there's nothing to compare this to. It's a whole new, sh- it's the third episode. Um so then I tried to relax, and then i and then I enjoyed the episode a lot more
0: yeah it 's funny how to, that works yeah well, when you relax uh, it's tough to uh you know, just judging it by this is the beginning, and they 've clearly mm-hmm. designed these first three episodes uh, as a pilot, so now that the third one's out uh, i 'm going to watch all three of them just in one go, and see I was how just it, thinking that yeah, and see how it feels as just you know an introduction to the show, and then of course, we'll be uh off to the races as we go. We are uh, introduced to uh, a couple characters, new characters in this episode. We see um, for the first time Raffi Musiker, played by Michelle Hurd, who is I'm not exactly sure. I uh, was I was too uh, dazzled by the um, really just awesome looking uniforms from the uh, 2385 scene. I love oh, those, I know right love those uniforms, and I didn't really catch her rank, but she was uh, XO of course for Picard. In that era. And then, of course, Santiago Cabrera uh, plays Cristobal Rios and also his EMH as well.
1: Oh my God. Okay. The first, when that first hologram was on screen, I was like, oh my God, I can't tell any of these Ethan Peck knockoffs apart. They're all just (laughs) tall, like. Sorry, Ethan. Dark, like. Yeah, no shade to Ethan. Tall, (laughs) like, dark haired, like. White men who are like a little grumpy, and I was like, right. "God, I right. can't tell any of them apart." And then the second hologram came on, and I was like, "Oh,
0: come on, we got <laughs> it." Go.
1: It's the same.
0: <laughs> okay, it's Old West rules here. We need a, a handlebar on this guy, we need a red dyke <laughs> on this guy, and a soul patch on that. That's how we tell them apart,
1: and a different ridiculous accent for everyone.
0: Yeah, right. Exactly. That's. <laughs> Well, okay. I was going to wait for, until we got there. We can talk about it now. Uh, when he plays the, uh, I think it was credited as the ENH. I'm not exactly yeah. sure yeah. what that's supposed to mean, but you know, navigational, navigational. There you go. But like yeah. the uh, kind of the engineering uh, hologram. Yeah. And he's kind of doing a Scottish accent. And I was literally
1: like, I don't know where in the UK that's supposed to be from. Yeah,
0: I, I wasn't quite sure. Uh, and he's a Venezuelan actor. And it's like, I used to be an actor. And I know for a fact, like, don't lie on your resume about what accents you can do. <laughs> You're just going to get in trouble. Uh, but uh, something else that bothered me, and this is just personal, mm-hmm. uh, as I was watching the episode, I can't get my closed captioning to work. Uh, so I turn it on because I know that there's going to be a lot of names and, and new planets and characters and stuff, and then it won't work. And so, quick trip to uh, memory alpha, and I have to scan everything down. Hopefully, I get it all right.
1: That's me. Except even if I had the closed captions on, I wouldn't remember names or planets <laughs> or anything.
0: <laughs> well, it's all new stuff, and we've had many years to uh, learn the old stuff. So uh, exactly, it's, it's ep- brand new. Yeah, it's, it's it's all brand new, except for the uh, reused plot elements. But we'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> Uh, The episode opens and we are at sci-fi, sci-fi, I've got SF, which means Starfleet, but it's also Uh, sci-fi, sci-fi headquarters, uh, and it is 14 years ago, uh, just days after the scene that we saw at the beginning of the last episode with the attack on Mars, and this is the scene where uh, Picard walks out of uh, the building and they've said, no, uh, you can't have your ships, and uh, things look bad. He threatened to resign, they're like, okay, uh, just empty out your desk on the way out.
1: And yeah they're like I bet.
0: So he's uh, yeah he's lost. He doesn't know what to do and it looks like Raffi's probably going to lose her job as well and that's not great. Uh I like this scene. I think tell me if I was uh, seeing things but I think they Nick Furyed him a little bit. Did, you, did it seem like they sort of Oh were... yes. Yes. Yeah.
1: very very um uh a very even uh skin skin tone and color and yes,
0: yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh not in some of the long shots though, but it's so expensive. Uh and we learned a little more about uh, the attack. Uh, they talk about the A-500s, which, of course, I think are the um, the model of uh, of synths that uh, that we mm-hmm. saw in the uh, earlier episode. And um, they're wondering if they can do it. They can do it without Starfleet. And I guess we'll just have to get more details about that in another flashback in the future. Um, we know that uh, in the present day, uh, Picard goes to visit Raffi at the real Vasquez Rocks and let's just get out of the way. Yeah, she vapes. Yeah, we know. <laughs> Which I thought vape, was... Vape goddess. Yeah, I thought it was so... She didn't blow any cool clouds or anything like that, but... Uh, Do a yeah, trick. I, th- I thought it was so interesting that... I, I don't know. I mean, like, we've... <laughs> Where am I going with this? Uh, there's been a lot of things that have been done in Star Trek uh, post-TNG, uh, even in TNG, that are like, oh, I don't know what Roddenberry would have thought about this like uh, conflict between like races and we're on a station. We're not flying. I don't know about this DS nine. <laughs> and those have all for the most part been proven wrong. Like they're all good ways to tell stories. They all create drama. They all have produced amazing characters. Mm-hmm. One of whom I'm getting really anxious to see. When are we going to see seven and nine? Um, but somehow this was a little bit over the line for me. <laughs> like Gene Rodberry hated smoking. He he was very adamant about people not smoking mm-hmm. in his mm-hmm. productions. He put no smoking signs, like, uh, in certain scenes in uh, in TOS. And so to have this yeah, character... Yeah, vape... no, Star
1: Trek and Leonard Nimoy are like, I've I've never smoked and I've never bathed and I never will. And that's, like, the whole, like, reason.
0: Yeah. It's, it's just the yeah. whole... It's not even that big of a deal. And it's not even... I know it's not even smoking, but just for some reason that was just like, man, we're... Uh, you can't go home again. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I guess you know it's the it's the future. I'm I'm sure that um, vaping is not as bad for you as it can be now as they it is perfected now.
0: Perfected vaping, you're saying.
1: Yeah, it's literally it is literally uh water vapor. Now it can't do anything to you.
0: There's no um, uh, uh, vitamin uh, E or whatever was in it. Actually. Yeah. Well, <laughs> There's no that... CBD.
1: Yeah,
0: right. Or maybe there is. Yeah. don't uh, um, well. Well, she mentioned snake leaf, uh, huh? so I'm wondering if that's what's in there. You know, we we know that in the character description uh, that this character has struggled with uh, substance abuse, which I don't know what Roddenberry thinks, but I think would definitely still be a thing in the 24th or 25th century. And so, it's a little bit of yeah. um, extra uh, detail on the character there. There's a point where, and you you made some polite criticisms uh, at the beginning of the show. I'm going to make some now and then probably a lot later. Uh, but there's a there's an exchange between them that is, I think, pretty typical of a situation where you'd have a character with uh, authority uh, talking to another character who's resentful. Uh, maybe those characters are not the same race. And it comes out in her talking about his nice chateau and, you know, his vineyards and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it is the oak beams. And I'm thinking, is she economic shaming him? Like, isn't this the 24th century?
1: I guess I felt like, hmm. I felt like she was like, you didn't really have, like you didn't have anything to lose when you resigned, like he resigned and he went to France and lives on a beautiful vineyard. Yeah. Yeah. And she obviously, I think had felt like she had a lot more to lose than that. Okay. Um, I do that. I mean, it's a good point. I don't know. That's just how I, you know, when I watched the scene, I was like, oof, boof, because that's a nice house. That vineyard, that house, that's nice. He's got staff. He's got two full-time bodyguards slash general
0: caretakers. Save from burning up in a supernova and from the recrimination of their government. But yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And this is something that we never really um, answered in their universe. Like, I I guess ownership and property, if you can have property and ownership in Mm -hmm. their socialist utopia, is the only thing left. So it's like a hereditary thing. But it just seems like if I was a TV writer in the 21st century and I was going to write this scene, that's what I would do. But I feel like looking at it through the lens of Trek and the 24th century, you got this vaping character who's like, you and your big house up there on the hill. (laughs) It doesn't... I haven't heard this in Trek before. I'm not saying I hate it. I I just, uh, I haven't seen this before. But, you know, Mm -hmm. I like, I like her. I like Raffi so far. And I wasn't really familiar uh, with Michelle Hurd's work, but I I think she's, uh, I really like her. She's doing a great job. Yeah. We cut back to the cube and we find that Hugh is there. Um, They don't, do they ever call him out as Hugh in the episode? I don't think so. We know he's Hugh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he is working on things. It turns out that he is uh, the executive director of the Romulan Reclamation Project. And he notices Dr. Asha uh, doing that thing that she did last week uh, where she is uh, speaking to the drone in a language that we don't recognize. Uh, and this is, for me, more evidence of this being like a movie instead of episodes because that had no context and now it pays off now. <laughs> he says, uh, hey, hey, I uh, saw what you did. Uh, a little extra in your paycheck. Doing a good job. Um, and she spoke to him in his in his own language uh and i guess we don't know why she knows it, but uh she knows a lot of stuff uh if i'm the last person on earth to realize that x b means x borg i'm sorry, but there you go <laughs> uh she he likes her work with the x b s and she he says that uh she her request has been approved to talk to uh this woman Ramda who is the uh their expert on ancient romulan myth and this is where they uh Talk about the ther- therapeutic u- utility of a shared mythical framework. Which is like, it's hard to talk to atheists sometimes. You know, they're just so <laughs> so self-important. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's what we get there. Uh, we cut back to Earth, and uh, there uh, Raffi uh, is. She's thinking that a high-level Starfleet person uh, let the attack take place. She's got some conspiracy theories. I like the idea that even in the twenty-fourth century, you can have like a weirdo living in a trailer in the desert. It's like it's the government, man.
1: Well, yeah, well, and I was so like, because Picard's just like, no, no, there's no reason. And it's like, but you are telling her that there's Romulan assassins operating on Earth under, like, with, like, in cooperation with Starfleet. And the second she says, oh, they also, they did the Mars attack. He's like, no, 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 honey, <laughs> you're crazy. That's crazy. I was like, right. Picard. I was like, JL, please.
0: <laughs> yeah, he, he's just JL from now on. Mm-hmm. Then we're going to call this show JL. <laughs> Um, so yes, uh, it looks like that meeting's not going well. She says she'll get him a pilot. And so I guess he's got the pilot he was looking for. Uh, we cut back for a quick scene at the Daystrom Institute and we see, uh, Agnes, uh, Dr. Girardi, being visited by Commodore O in some cool shades. And, uh, I guess, um, I didn't know this before. Maybe I wasn't paying attention. No, no, uh, uh close captioning, but she's the head. She's the uh, chief of Starfleet security, mm-hmm. the top cop at Starfleet. Uh, So she wears
1: so she wears the cat eyes and walks up behind people in the woods. Yeah,
0: they should have been mirrored. Yeah, that would have been cool. (laughs) You know how fast you were going. Um, We cut back to the cube. We cut back to the cube, and uh, Hugh takes uh, Doctor or Soji. I should just call her Soji Mm -hmm. to an asylum of sorts uh, with a bunch of people in it. They're Romulans, and apparently they are, to his knowledge, the only Romulans that have been. Um, assimilated by the Borg, uh, these uh, ex-bees, and it looks like uh, it looks But
1: but it wasn't did he say that they were the only ones, or was it that they were the only ones that have been
0: um, reclaimed? Um, I got the impression that they were the only ones, but maybe they're the only ones, like you said, yeah, that were freed. But we'll learn later on that there is something um, particularly curious or special about uh, their assimilation and what happened to them. Um, We as the episode goes on, we kind of keep cutting back to va- uh, the Vasquez rocks where Rafi is um, doing her she 's doing the hacking she's getting she's getting in there she 's uh, you know finding out the data nodes and she 's linking to the hyperdrives and she's clearly has like some talent for intelligence you know and hacking mm-hmm. and sort of collecting information and I like she. there's this little exchange like j l calls her and he 's like oh here 's some more information she 's like i 'm not working for you and he's like keep keep working you're doing a good job <laughs> like, they just fall back into this rhythm that I thought was funny. Uh, J.L. beams up to a ship called the La Sirena, and he meets the captain, Captain Rios, and this guy's a real character. He was clearly just involved in some kind of something, because he's got a huge, he's got like a batarang sticking out of his arm.
1: I'm literally, I'm still like, did someone stab you with a hunk of metal, or is (laughs) that, or did something explode? (laughs) Like, what happened 45 seconds before... (laughs) Picard got there.
0: It Could be either, yeah. And apparently he's the only person. He has no crew, uh, the only person on the ship. He does have an EMH, though, who can also be an ENH, so he's got that. Uh, he talks to Picard, and it becomes clear that he has resentment about Starfleet, but Picard can tell that this guy was Starfleet. He was his former uh, Starfleet, and mostly because he's just got a real sense of discipline, even though he smokes his cigar, and he's you know trying to look like a cool captain guy. Uh, back, on the, or back on Earth at the Vasquez Rocks, uh, Rafi's found something. She's doing her minority report thing. She's looking through all the stuff. And she's found uh, something called Free Cloud, which I know now what it is, but I don't feel like the episode told us anything. Uh, but yeah, it's some kind of website with some dice rolling, so we'll go back to that. Uh, on the La Serena, we get a scene between uh, the ENH, who's doing his Scottish accent, and with Rios, and we get more background about Rios, and we find out that he lost his captain and is very dis- disillusioned with his career in Starfleet. And I think he also lists a bunch of, like, accomplishments and things that, like, Picard did. Yeah. We can have a situation here where he's, like, trying he's trying to be cool, but he's also kind of awed by, by Picard.
1: I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't you be if your friend was like, hey, um, former Admiral Picard, like, wants to hire you to fly him across the galaxy on a very secret mission? <laughs> You'd be like, shh. I'm, I guess, okay. And then he gets there, and you're like, oh, I'm bloody, and I, and he, I'm drinking tequila. And oh, throw that book anywhere. Don't, don't worry. About, I don't care about it. Do you care? You know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's just that's just my copy of A Tragic Sense of Life.
1: Like, <laughs> don't worry. No, it's just. I mean, that's just around. I don't. Who put that there? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm surprised that most of Captain Picard's exploits are so public. Uh, maybe, he, maybe this guy knows because he studied him in, in Starfleet Academy, but, like, I didn't just assume that they took every captain's log and then just published it on Slashdot or something like that. Just throw it out there for everyone to see. But he, he seems to know a lot about Captain Picard.
1: I feel like, he, you know, P- Picard and Kirk are both, like, idols where you're, like, everyone kind of knows these, like, stories of, like, what yeah. they've done.
0: Yeah. I like, too, that um, I've been watching Voyager a lot recently and they talk sometimes mm-hmm. about... I can't believe that Captain Kirk would have done this. But <laughs> maybe it's just the data keeping and reporting of the future. But I kind of wish that sometimes they got the stories wrong because it was like 100 years ago. You know, like, didn't <laughs> Captain Kirk do this? And then he said that. Like we saw the episode, we know he didn't say that. He, he did this other thing. They're legends.
1: Yes, exactly. They're, well, uh, they're almost like uh, myths.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> it's all, it all comes back to full circle.
0: I've always found the therapeutic effect of a shared method. Yeah, right, right. right. <laughs> uh, back at Chateau Picard. And this next, like, for the like the rest of the last 20 minutes of the episode is just, like, a series of cross-cutting in between uh, these, like, three locales. Which... I
1: thought it was really effective. Yeah,
0: did you? Uh-huh,
1: I... I was pretty, I was, like, hooked. I was, like, I was very uh, I wasn't affected infested.
0: because I didn't know what was going on. And also, all that it really did is just establish that Girl scary, and we kind of knew that girl <laughs> was scary already. But anyway, uh, at Chateau Picard, uh, Picard is getting ready to leave. He's smelling the harvest, the grape leaves, you can smell them for miles. And uh, he says that he really tried to belong to this place, but perhaps his destiny was always in the stars. Uh, on the Cube, uh, Soji is talking to this woman, Ramda, who has cool hair and she's got like this uh, Borg like thing over her eye. And she's playing with um, what looks like a Romulan tarot type thing uh, called Pignid. Mm-hmm. And she's trying to get closer to her, um, just get more information out of her, reach her. Uh, back at Chateau Picard, guess what? Romulan death squad attacks. Hate them when that happens. Uh, the uh, th- There's a you know melee and a brawl. Of course, you've got two former Tal Shiar uh, clean up pretty good. Um, the One last one jumps in. It seems like he's going to get the drop on these guys. And he's blasted from outside the house, and Dr. Jurati walks in uh, holding a rifle. So she is there now. Uh, she tells Picard that uh, Comm- Commodore O came to see her, and she, she spilled her beans because she didn't really know what to do. She has no talent for deception, and she's worried that she might have told him uh, too much. Uh, they start to trust one of the uh, uh, Death Squad guys up because they're going to try to interrogate him. Back on the Cube, Soji's not getting very far. Uh, she asks if the Pikmin game is connected to mythology or mythic structure. And Ramda kind of likes that, but she says she calls it the news, which I thought was interesting. Um, I don't really understand Yeah, that was it.
1: very – Soji was like, oh, that's a, that's a, that's a perfect – that's the perfect word. And it's like, but now I'm confused about what – like, let's – let me – what do you think she's trying to do?
0: Uh, which, which character?
1: Soji, like when she's like, oh, I'm trying to build a framework. What do you think she means
0: by that? Uh, That is a good question. You know, she is a, like a galaxy class uh, anthropologist. So this could just be uh, a a field of study for her that she's interested in. She's working on something. Uh, We also know that there are things about, I think, every character on this show that we don't know. They're all going to have a a card to pull at some point. So maybe it's connected to that. I guess I'm not really answering your question. But... uh, it's possible that she's just, you know, fascinated by this topic.
1: But she said that she was trying to, like, she was like, that's exactly what I want to do. Like, she wants to, like, create... Okay, here, I'm just going to tell you what Let's I... do the news. Exactly. I... So they go into that room, and she looks at Hugh, and she's like, all of the disordered are Romulans. And he's like, yeah. So. Right. And she's talking about um, uh, this Romulan myth of, like, a... What interconnected framework, whatever. Yeah. And then the the Romulans that were connected to the collective and then removed from the collective
0: are all screwed up. Yeah. So. And they were on this ship called the Shaynor, and it was reportedly the last ship to be assimilated uh, by the Borg.
1: Yeah. So, I I don't know what I, I don't think I can even make this make sense, but. With all of those facts, what I feel like Soji's saying that, like, there's some, like, backdoor circuit from a long time ago and, like, Romulan heads where they used to have this, like, she's saying framework, so I'm assuming it means something like the collective. And so then now, like, modern Romulans, they're connected to to the collective, and then when they were moved from it, something goes wrong because they had this like brain chemistry where they were wired to thrive on being connected to a framework. And so I think what she's saying is that she wants to, all of the reclaimed Romulans, she wants to like create a new framework for them. I mean, I'm not saying that is definitely what it is, but like that's with the facts we were given this episode with the shotgun on the mantle. I was like, I don't understand. Is that what she's trying to say?
0: Yeah, because that seems
1: Uh, a little wild.
0: (laughs) That well, that's a great theory. Um, That is so far beyond anything that I had put together in this first viewing. It's the
1: first. Is it the first tinfoil hat moment of
0: the season? Could be. That is pretty tinfoil hatty. Yeah, I think because um...
1: also because Hugh, when he was separated from the collective and then went back, his like individuality was like bad for the other Borg, and it like spread, and then his Like, ship was cut off. So, like, I'm just, I don't know. What if
0: the Tal Shiar's involvement in this is important to them because all Romulan citizens have a chip in their head that's been secreted there by the Tal Shiar so they can monitor them. And when they were assimilated by the Borg, that interfered with the pathways that they had put there. And they are uh, in danger of being discovered if people uh, find out the answer of uh, what's wrong with these Romulans.
1: I don't know. They're all already what, what if they're all they're all already connected and they've been lying this whole time?
0: Yeah, what if?
1: And they're we, like, No, we're not telepathic or anything weird like the Borg, that's crazy. And then they look at each other and <laughs> in their heads, they're like, Don't say anything. You're playing it
0: fantastically cool. I'm thinking I'm thinking golf clap. <laughs> We also get – so here's a question, uh, except for the ones that we see on screen, the uh, former Borg. Where are the Borg? Uh, do the Borg exist? We heard that the submatrix collapsed, and, uh, you know, that sounds bad for the Borg.
1: Yeah, I don't get – so the submatrix, is that like the whole – That's is that every Borg submatrix? Is that I, submatrix like a collective-wide submatrix?
0: I – I don't know. <laughs>
1: I like, you're w- telling me there's just cubes floating around out there? With i got
0: to just- watch my late Voyager Borg episodes again. With, uh, <laughs> Susanna Thompson. I, I don't remember what they said about, like, the submatrix and, and whatnot. But it would seem to imply uh, that it would be a bad thing and perhaps would lead to, you know, people being uh, disconnected from the uh, collective or network. They lost their Wi-Fi.
1: They lost their Wi-Fi.
0: The Borg's got good Wi-Fi.
1: It's the only uh, perk of a cube. What's that? The only perk of living on a board cube. The Wi-Fi yeah. is just yeah. You
0: can signal anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> uh, back on uh, Earth at uh, Chateau Picard, uh, they're trying to talk to this guy. Like, Where are you from? What's going on? Are you Zat, da- Zat uh, Dash or whatever? Um, and the guy just says, uh, "You know, the girl's dangerous, and that she's not a girl." Is that guy –
1: can I ask you a question? Is that guy – the guy that played the Romulan, like, thug that they woke back up, is that the guy that played the security officer in JJ Trek that called Kirk Cupcake?
0: Ooh, is it?
1: It looks (laughs) – I I, I guess you could have checked the names. I didn't check it. It looks like the guy who (laughs) Kirk fought in the bar and then (laughs) was arrested by on the Enterprise.
0: The similar head shape, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah you know what that's that's a that's a memory alpha dive there um i know that uh there was a person in this episode who was credited as uh god what was it great this is great podcasting it was like son of son of earl or something like that or uh, i'm gonna look it up and i'm gonna type it at the same time that's how good i am um Back on the cube, uh, Ramda is, uh, she basically freaks out, and she uh, asks uh, which, which she uh, she is, uh, which twin, I'm, I'm assuming. I think mm-hmm. we get the idea, or we're supposed to get the idea, that uh, one, is, one is good, one is bad, or one is the destroyer, and the other one is uh, something else. And she pulls a gun, she pulls a gun from one of the guards, and she looks like she's going to try to uh, shoot herself. And um, mm-hmm. Soji runs in really fast, and make sure that that doesn't happen. But uh, everybody is uh, having a, a real bad time. And as that's going on, oh, back on Earth, uh, the guy, uh, the guard who may or may not be the guy from Star Trek Two Thousand Nine, uh, spits on, uh, on one of the one of our heroes, and they have to like take it off. Yeah. Um, Alien style, you know, get this off me, yes. get this off me. <laughs> and then, of course, um, we don't see this uh, the first time this happened because everybody blew up, but uh, the acid consumes him completely. So it just, like, mm-hmm. takes care of everything. Gone.
1: It's Romulan cyanide.
0: Boom. Done. Son of Lee. It says co-starring Son of Lee as a guard. Son of Lee is no one that I can tell. There's an uh, electronic DJ named Son of Lee, but I don't think it's that guy. So, What if it is that guy? Oh, no, that's not the same guy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think if it's Tal Shiar operative, it would be Graham Shields, who is not credited, as far as I can see, as uh, being in Star Trek 2009. Ah. Uh, a dream dies. But I was with you the whole <laughs> Right up to the end, and then I bailed. Uh, everybody on the cube, all the Romulans in the asylum seem to be really pissed at Soji, too. They're all looking at her like, Ooh, you, you, So I don't know what's happening with that.
1: It's the, it's the mythical framework. It's the th- therapeutical mythical
0: framework. <laughs> Don't insult our mythical framework uh, Also s- like if
1: she I guess maybe I'm just Oversimplifying because clearly there's an issue With uh, the, the way that um, What's her name Ramda, Help me, Ramda. Uh, is, is Perceiving uh, time yeah. But she's like which one are you the one who lives Or the one who dies and it's like well does that mean Is Dodge not dead Because if Dodge is Dead then she's Clearly the one who lives So <laughs> Dodge.
0: I dodge, dodge
1: with yeah the first synth right dodge
0: is dodge backward God <laughs> <laughs> okay all right sorry too far too far <laughs> <laughs> that was uh yeah it was heavy duty tinfoil on top of tinfoil. um it, mom calls. she calls mom <laughs> dodge is, or, or sorry Soji's back in her room we get another call to the mysterious mom and uh mom is clearly not mom right.
1: That's what I was going to say. I, it could it could be. It could not be. It could be that the mom is just like trying desperately. Like It's like Dodge got activated and now she's like, oh, don't worry about anything. Go to sleep.
0: Doesn't she – but she goes immediately to sleep. Doesn't it seem uh, like something, some, something's going on here?
1: It was very – yeah. It was, like because was because I was – because – yeah. Because when she talked to – when the mom talked to Dodge, it was like it seemed like there was like a cue – like a Russian sleeper agent Q where she was like, "Listen to me very carefully," or something, and right, then the Dodge was like, name. "Yes," yeah, yeah. but this time it was just like, "Dodge is okay, she's fine," and then Soji was down.
0: You are feeling sleepy. Uh, <laughs> I've heard, I've heard on the internet that some people mm-hmm. think that Bruce Maddox is behind Mom.
1: Well, if he's behind, let's say in the in the first episode, right? I was like, what if he created the the twins? Dodge yeah. and soji what if that right. was him so if that was him like either mom knows him or mom is him yeah right
0: so he a, yeah he, he's got a hand in this still I don't know that's just you, I, I, you know we all we, you and I both know that internet theories are never true so never ever really no following those uh one last scene on the cube uh well there's two more scenes on the cube actually uh there's a quick one with sexy dr Frankenfurter uh, I just
1: why is everything he does so horrifying?
0: He oozes into the room. Yeah.
1: It's like so, everything he does is so like slimy.
0: And she's like, man, I don't, I just gotta, I don't really know what's going on right now with my life. And he's like, well, I think I'm falling in love with you. Oh my God, literally. Oh, it's the most realistic scene in structure I've ever seen.
1: She's like, my life is falling apart. And he's like, I think I love you.
0: Oh, you want to you do it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So that works out great. Uh, A little later, uh, he's walking through the halls of the cube, and we see that his sis, Rizzo, is on the cube. And blah, blah, blah. Nothing really happens in this scene. We've seen her three times now, and every time we've seen her, it's been, like, cut to the bad guys plotting. Like, the first Mm -hmm. scene, we we establish that she and O are bad, but then she's like, you better check out all that bad stuff. And the next scene, she appears to her brother. She's like, how are we coming on the bad stuff and then this is just a repeat of that, basically. Only we see that she's had her uh, Romulan appearance restored.
1: Literally. Do you want to know one they, of the one of the did first? They seem close to you? Did they?
0: I'm like Lannister. Did close? they seem
1: close? That's what I was gonna. Little Game of Thrones action, right? Yeah. I'm like, we don't really need. <laughs> I don't know what uh, Game of Thrones has made everyone think, um, but uh, <laughs> this is not something. It's not like this isn't a fun plot line to watch. <laughs> Like, I feel like the whole thing in Game of Thrones is like, oh, this is horrible. This is a terrible thing to watch. And that was the whole point. And now they're like, here's this. And I'm like, but I don't. Why are their faces
0: touching? Why? Yeah. Lannisters Why am I so uncomfortable? Always bob their ears. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that scene ends uh, mercifully. And then we all end up on the La Serena to take off here. I, I like this last episode where they or a uh, scene where they take off. I don't know why, I always am bothered by how Star Trek thinks that, and Star Wars does this too, a lot of things do this, but like, a planet is just a place, it's like a city you can go to, and it isn't mm-hmm. like a giant globe, and as it pulls out, you see like a lot of uh, ships or, or facilities or satellites around Earth. Earth is crowded, you know, like it would be mm-hmm. in the 24th century. I thought that was mm-hmm. that was neat. Yeah, that was great. That was a great shot. And then Picard says, engage, and Raffi rolls her eyes, and I'm like, big mood." right there right. <laughs> I don't i'm like, i'm
1: with i'm with agnes agnes is like oh cute old man She's I'm like, like oh, oh, cute. oh cute old man <laughs> <gonna> yeah go. <laughs> oh cute old man little curly bob little curly blonde bob oh cute old man let's go
0: yeah well let me uh shatter your perception of her because i'm gonna go through sure, a great. Of my own theories Gerardi's our mole right you think the, the, the head bad guy, or one of them, goes to see her, and we get nothing else from that scene. Then she shows up very conveniently later, uh, murders somebody, and is like, I've never killed anybody before, and then says, I'm a terrible liar. You know who says, I'm a terrible liar? the Really do.
1: good liars?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah right. That's what I think. I'm going to put that in my uh, Javad Iqbal uh, box here. For
1: <laughs> it, you know what? Uh, the, you might be right you might really be right uh so, and she got me
0: good well, well hey she is she's really cute I'm, I'm I'll give her <laughs> so but, adorable uh she's cute and bad
1: the lipstick the bob
0: yeah the whole thing the mm-hmm. white coat yeah mm-hmm. uh at the beginning of the show that you said that you didn't exactly know how to feel but it was early and i'm going to echo that right now um mm-hmm. this episode i would not as rate this as high uh, as highly as the other two um and it's like, I th- we got a lot of bricklaying here to do. You know what I mean? Like, we have a lot to set up. And this whole that, episode yeah. was just, like, plot, plot, exposition, exposition, plot, plot. Mm-hmm. But there was a f- couple things that I just felt were, like, yeah, you can do better than this. The aforementioned uh, vaping scene. Uh, the whole thing with, like, the tarot thing. Like, I know mm-hmm. it's, like, alien tarot, but, like... <laughs> Plucky character investigator goes to a mental health facility or asylum where a character, an inscrutable character, is playing with tarot cards or something. It's like we've we've seen this on other CBS shows a lot, not on Star Trek.
1: Just like every like mental health whatever facility looks it's always like white with like a lot of tables and then people kind of just
0: wandering I guess this was the activity room, right? Because it's just like one room. Like, like, where do they sleep? Where do they poop? I mean, yeah. Like, on.
1: it's always just like a bunch of people, and they all have that same look in their eye, where you're like, minute. oh, my yep. God, they're crazy, because their yeah. eyes are glassed over. They're just yeah. standing around.
0: I hope this guy can stop shaking long enough to finish his Rubik's Cube. It's a future <laughs> Rubik's Cube. I just feel like they could do better than this.
1: <laughs> I mean, but... I...
0: Oh, here, I mean,
1: like, like what I was saying, what I was thinking, because some of the... One of the things that bothered me about the last two episodes is I was like, this feels like and I'm gonna say this and I don't I don't mean it to be as as uh, as mean as it sounds. Oh, go off. Come on. So I was watching it and I was like, I feel like I'm watching daytime crime procedural TV.
0: <laughs> daytime Like Law and
1: <laughs> Order. And okay. so what I mean by that is they have these scenes where these characters are talking to each other. Yeah. But really, they're talking directly to the audience like they're yeah. talking to each other. But really, there's explaining stuff to us, like John Mulaney's bit about uh, um, what is it? Ice-T, who's on the?
0: Are you telling me that people put? Yes. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: and it's like, yeah, you get like we know. You got it. You understand. Yeah. Um, But at the same time, it's like this is the first season. An, Like, putting aside, this is the first season of a television show. Any first season that's, like, not literally just, like, a sitcom, like, Friends, where it's just, like, oh, it's present, it's New York, whatever. We get it. They're friends. Um, It's the first season of a new Star Trek show, and they have a lot of stuff to fill us in on. Like, there's a lot of new material here that, like, the audience like, needs to understand. And I think it's very difficult, especially in a first season of a show, to get across, like, just straight information without it seeming a little bit like you had a three-episode pilot.
0: Yeah, but some of it, but some of it is just reiterated over and over again. Like, Mm -hmm. as much as I didn't love Children of Mars, I came away knowing that Mars was attacked by synths. Yeah. Picard was trying to get the the fleet together, uh, quit over it. Like that's all we got. That and now we have to see a scene where that's explained to us. We have to literally see the flashback. It's just a lot of. I feel like there's a lot of bookkeeping going on that is unnecessary. Like they're not
1: they're not trusting the audience enough
0: yeah well that's what we always say i guess when we criticize this but i I don't know if it's that or they just don't have enough material to go 10 episodes (laughs) i think you could have done a really great picard movie but instead we have Mm -hmm. to keep cutting back to the bad guys to tell us "Mm, they're bad it reminds me of in tng when they brought uh, denise crosby back to play Sela, and she would just kind of show up at the end of like a couple different episodes Mm -hmm. just to like go oh she's still out there there's there's a Romulan with a bob oh no who's that (laughs) And we keep doing that with these bad guys, and it's like let's see the bad guys do something. Like let's see them make some decisions. You know, Frank, sexy mm-hmm. Frankenstein is like, I got her. I uh, know I've got it. I, I've got it. Like he has to keep telling everybody that he's he's on top of this thing, literally. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I just like you know do something with that. But once again, like we said before, this is their pilot. They're not even done with the pilot yet, so mm-hmm. maybe it gets a pass until you know the show's on. But yeah, I don't know. We're
1: also we're still kind of we're still kind of like getting the band together for the first time. We're not getting the band back together. We're getting the band together for the first time. Like we're not, we don't have like, we're still waiting for uh <laughs> the, well, Romulan samurai Legolas. So it's like, like,
0: yeah, it's like some of the band is old and some of them are new. It's like <laughs> when journey got that, you know, new lead singer that sounded like Steve Perry, but he was, you know, he's from uh, <laughs> in uh, Indonesia or something like that. So yeah, some of the guys are old. Some of them are new, but yeah, I don't know. Well, the band is mostly together now. Go go, pick up mm-hmm. Legolas and let's get this thing going. Yeah. That's I'm I, I like. am,
1: I do like, I don't know. I think, I feel like it's very easy to be like, well, this isn't, like, people like to complain and be like, well, this isn't Star Trek, like, whatever. <laughs> but it's like, yeah. but the point of why would the point, the whole point of making a million new Star Trek shows is so that they're different from what was on before. You know what I mean? So I'm yeah. like, I don't want to, I don't want to, I feel like, Hasty in uh, criticizing it too heavily because I'm like we're not used to it. It's brand new, whatever, and I want to see like what happens.
0: I want to see different kinds of vaping. Come on, people have been smoking for thousands of years, and then they invent vaping. And you tell me three hundred and fifty years in the future they're still vaping out of a little thing. Come on, I don't believe it.
1: I mean, we don't know what's in it. We don't know what it tastes like. It could be like the frozen yogurt in the good place where they're like Snake it tastes. Juice. I got I got the flavor of your phone is fully charged. Yeah, right yeah
0: <laughs> yeah i got can you the, imagine yeah, the flavor i'd of, never uh, be anxious again yeah of the uh, guy in front of me in the drive-thru pay for my meal yeah, yeah yes um do you think the last question and this is like an actual character question do you think that raffi is really that mad epicard do you think like he what he did really screwed over that much or is this like the justification of somebody who has had a bad time but has made a lot of choices that have kind of you know, put her life in an undesirable direction and she's just kind of, you know, put Picard, she's focused all of her animosity at Picard for what happened she, to her.
1: She seemed like, in that first scene, when she was like, what did you tell him, JL? Did you tell him, you know, she's like, did you tell him to go to hell? And <laughs> yeah, you, you yeah. oh my God, you told him that you were going to resign? Ah, and now we have the ships, right, oh. JL? I was like, this is too... She's like, f-
0: oh, thanks. You yeah, yeah,
1: cannot... It's that is you love him too much yeah like and so i don't i i i do not have a hard time believing at all that the same person who clearly idolized him to that extent is then also like don't touch me get away but leave me and my airstream alone in the rocks to drink (laughs) wine and vape like it's the same it seems accurate
0: you know I guess, it's just, we're just expecting, I mean, I guess 10 years have gone by, but we're expected to just hang it all on, Picard did what he always does, which is stand up for his principles, like, wh- why do you like him? Like, what'd you think he was gonna do?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So there I you think go, it's also like, if, that.
1: My, if my boss was like, I did my best, but it wasn't enough, and now 10 million people will die, oh, I'd be father. like, <laughs> what do?" you, oh, and, yeah, also you lost your job, I'd be like, What do you mean, (laughs) white man?
0: (laughs) Somebody shuttlecraft's getting keyed in the parking lot. That's all I can say. (laughs) Well, I think we covered pretty much everything that there is to cover. Like, clearly we have a lot to say about this. Uh, and that's good. Uh, and we'll have a, a lot more to say, of course, in upcoming weeks. But that's it for our show this week. Thanks for joining us, listeners. If you like what you hear, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at EISTPOD for updates and to get notified when new episodes of both Enterprising Individuals and Discoverage are released. And you can tweet to us on the show by using the hashtag at Discoverage or email us at eistpod at gmail.com. Also, while you're on the internet, why not head to your listening platform of choice and subscribe to the show feed and give us a rating and a review because it really helps us out. And if you really want to help the show grow, stop by our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash EISTpod. And as always, if you like the show, tell a friend. Discovery will return on, 5th, on February 13th for the fourth episode of Star Trek Picard entitled Absolute Candor. This will be the first of, presumably, two episodes directed by Jonathan Frakes. We'll be going live once again at 7 p.m. Central, so join us then. You can follow us on Twitter or Facebook at Pod to get notified when we're live and broadcasting. In the meantime why not check out our main show, Enterprising Individuals, at enterprisingindividuals.com. Every week on the show, we are joined by a special guest to discuss in excruciating detail a selected episode from a Star Trek series. We also have news from the Trek sphere and other wonderful things. Uh, Our fifth season premiere is currently available. Uh, On it, I talk with comics writer Kevin Church about the TNG episode, Captain's Holiday. So get your horrogons out for that. Ella, thanks as always for joining me to talk about this podcast, or excuse me, to talk about Card, remind people where they can find you online.
1: Yeah, um we are at uh Generations Geek on Twitter and Instagram, generationsgeek.com and generations geek uh wherever you listen to
0: podcasts. Uh Pop Quiz, who's your favorite Harry Potter character?
1: Uh Fred Weasley.
0: Weasley, wow, okay. Right. <laughs> Respect.
1: Zero hesitation. <laughs> yeah, no, no. <laughs> no, right away.
0: Well, uh, with that, that's it for us. Uh, (laughs) Thanks for listening, everybody, and we are signing off. This is Aaron for Ella saying, live long and prosper.